The auto-demolition of the faith continues apace at the hands of our alleged shepherds in the Vatican. This time, the destruction is of the John Paul II Family and Marriage Institute. Some are treating this as if it's a new thing, not announced almost two years in advance. They'd be wrong, however. The revolutionaries running the church made their intentions clear two years ago. I'll go over the destruction of the John Paul II Institute on Marriage and Family so you know what is going on and why this is ominous. Our story begins in 2017 in the aftermath of Amoris Laetitia. The push to promote theological relativism, according to that document, was already known to be planned to be introduced in the Roman location of the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and the Family, but was also planned to be introduced into the Institute's locations in the United States, Spain, Mexico, Brazil, Benin, and the Philippines. The architect of this auto-demolition was, aside from Pope Francis, the Grand Chancellor of the Institute, Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia. In September 2017, he told Vatican Radio in Italian, using rather deceptive language, that he considers traditional Catholic marriage a model of the past. According to Paglia, a, quote, revisiting of the various institutes on the five continents is indispensable, end quote, in order to bring them in line with the ideology of Amoris Laetitia. Until now, the family institutes were powerful intellectual centers against the liberal and modernist, but I repeat myself, erosion of the church. Again, this was back in 2017, with actual indications that this was coming even earlier than that, with the fallout from Amoris Laetitia still fresh in the minds of the faithful who are paying attention and care about things, little things like the salvation of souls, instead of secular materialistic social justice nonsense. For context, remember that in 2016, Amoris Laetitia was inflicted on the church, with, which, which contained all manner of strange and destructive ideas about marriage and the family. The fact that it was signed by Pope Francis is, in hindsight, not all that surprising. After a few months, five cardinals penned a dubia, which was quietly submitted to the Pope and summarily ignored. After a few months, in November of 2016, the dubia was made public. Quoting an article from Edward Penton in November of 2016, quote, the Cardinal said the aim was to clarify contrasting interpretations of paragraphs 300 to 305 in Chapter 8 of Amoris Laetitia, which are its most controversial passages relating to admission of remarried divorcees to the sacraments and the Church's moral teaching. In a November 14th statement entitled, Seeking Clarity, a Plea to Untie the Knots in Amoris Laetitia, they say for, quote, many bishops, priests, faithful, these paragraphs allude to or even explicitly teach a change in the discipline of the church with respect to the divorce who are living in a new union, end quote. But they add that others, while admitting the lack of clarity or even the ambiguity of passages in question, nonetheless argue that these same passages can be read in continuity. With the previous magisterium, it do not contain a modification in the church's practice and teaching. To clarify these matters is extremely important for the life of the church, the cardinal stressed, end quote. As an aside, it's worth pointing out here that the heterodox interpretation, the one that does not fall in line with traditional Catholic teaching, the one from, I believe it's Argentini, Argentina or Chile, was the one endorsed by Pope Francis, explicitly. So, context out of the way, let's look at the recent developments. Recently, new statutes governing what is taught regarding marriage and the family at the JP2 Institute were put in place to bring the Church's teaching about marriage and the family in line with Amoris Laetitia. Last Monday, in the aftermath of that action, all of the professors received a letter in which they were officially suspended pending decisions regarding courses for the upcoming academic year, 
teachers who may be too orthodox or attached theologically to so-called antiquated ideas about Catholic marriage, meaning actually Catholic ideas, not heterodox ideas, will likely be terminated. The professors will know their professional fate within a few days, according to the letter they received. The call for a new Institute on Marriage and Family was laid out in Pope Francis's 2016 decree, Summa Familia Cura, which was written and released just days after the death of dubious signer Cardinal Cafara, who held the position of Grand Chancellor. Cardinal Cafara was replaced by Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia, the charming man who claimed that Catholic theology about marriage and the family was antiquated and needed to be updated. I can't even imagine the mindset of someone who calls himself a Catholic and thinks that stable, loving marriages are antiquated. The normalization of divorce and civil remarriage in the Church is a product of the world, not of Christ. In fact, I would dare say that this move is very much anti-Christ. Marriage is a model of the Church, with each partner sacrificing of themselves for the good and spiritual perfection of the other and of the children they have. The, ch- the Church is the Bride of Christ, and as such, that marriage is permanent, lasting until the last day, in the same way that our marriages are to last until our particular last day. This isn't deep theology, nor does it need to be. But in our day, the concept of permanent marriages is under such attack that people actually believe that most marriages end in divorce, which isn't actually the case. Most marriages are generally successful, in, you know, in a roundabout kind of way. On balance, the statistic that more than half of marriages end in divorce is misleading, because those who get divorced and remarried have much higher probability of their new marriages ending in divorce as well, which distorts the statistics. But we know what this is really all about. This is about adopting the world's view of purity and impurity, of vice and of sin. That's what this is about, and the church must get with the times, because these maniacs actually believe that younger people want the church to be hip and cool and modern, when the reverse is true. But despite the best efforts of these maniacs, the church will survive, and marriage and the family will survive as well. One sign that this is so is the reaction from the students at the John Paul II Institute for Marriage and the Family. More than 150 of them signed a July 24th letter saying that the newly approved statutes will undermine the Institute's Catholic mission and identity. And they're right, because the teaching of Amoris Laetitia is not Catholic. It comes from the enemy. That may sound provocative, but it's true. For Christ made marriage a sacrament, and he made it permanent, saying that divorced people commit adultery if they remarry, and permitting the remarried to receive the Eucharist is sacrilegious. Again, this isn't rocket scientist or something you have to understand the Summa on a deep level to comprehend. The letter was sent to the Institute's Grand Chancellor, our friend Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia, and Monsignor Pierangelo Saccheri, its president. They're both strident supporters of the Church of the New Advent, and as such are modernists to their core. The students also expressed their sadness about the expulsion of two professors, Monsignor Livio Molina and Father Jose Noriega, who are veteran professors at the Institute, having served for decades, and are well-renowned representatives of the renewal of traditional Catholic moral theology. Of course, those who who promote the traditional tried-and-true view of Catholic marriage are the professors who are fired. The new religion must make way for those who can invent a biblical-sounding reason for divorce in order to achieve their dream of making the Catholic Church into Anglicanism 2.0. Given that there's literally no biblical basis for divorce and remarriage, given the words of our blessed Lord, I'd say that it should be obvious to all the faithful that their attempts will be evil and will place themselves outside the church. But that would be a de facto self-inflicted excommunication, not a formal one presented by a bishop or pope, because most of them seem to be in on the auto-demolition of the sacrament of matrimony. Formal execution is only reserved for those who seek to preserve sacred tradition. 
Those who would actively destroy the traditions of the faith are promoted in the new religion. That should tell you everything you need to know about the state of the church for the last several decades. I am reminded of something said by Sister Lucia of the Fatima children. She said that the final battle will be over marriage and the family. Consider that. Consider that one of the consistent messages of Our Lady dating back to at least Our Lady of Buen Successo of the Purification has been of the corruption of the clergy starting at the top of the hierarchy. I'm not saying that we're living in the final days. All I'm saying is that I don't understand what attacks on marriage could be worse than this coming from within the church on top of the absolute garbage and sacrilege and mockery of marriage being promoted by the secular world today. If there's a greater sacrilege and blasphemy coming in terms of marriage, maybe I don't want to know what it is, but I suspect we'll see it soon enough, maybe coming out of the Amazon. So please pray for the church and consider joining our Rosary Novena of Novenas that, will, that I will keep pushing until the 54-day Novena is finished. Until then, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Viva Cristo Rey.